Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Adam, and today I am talking to myself, but I am also talking to a very special and new friend that I've made over the past couple of weeks. Um, he is a streamer on Twitch and a super interesting international man of mystery. The people on the internet know him as Algrimscar Iron Hands. I've recently come to know him as Eric with an A. How exotic. Yeah. Eric, welcome to Shares a Lot, my friend. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Um, I've been wanting to do this for a little bit. We kind of got had to got our schedules crossed a little bit, mostly me, but it's happening. We're here. Um, so uh, I might I just switch between calling you Aug and Eric. I don't know where, yeah. our, where I'm comfortable with yet. Whatever you're happy with. Cool. Um, so uh, before we get into all these questions I want to ask you, um, mm-hmm. I was hoping maybe you could just kind of give us a little bit of like an outfit of like, you know, who, who's Eric, who's Og, what is, you know, what, what should they know about you just from the get go? Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a good question. I have trouble sometimes knowing who the heck I am. <laughs> um, I, uh, you mentioned it. I'm currently a streamer. I've had many jobs in the past, but uh, this is the one that I feel like I want to, you know, push the most. Uh, I've been all over the country. I've been to Germany. I've been to you know uh, up and down the coast, and you know I've, a lot of stuff has happened to me in the past. You know uh, I was I've been homeless. I've been uh, you know I've hung out with rich people. I've you know been in gangs. I did a lot of drugs when I was younger. I used to be an alcoholic a bit, and um, now I'm just I, I was I was married for 13 years, but uh, that. Went really badly, and so here I am. I I just I kind of just go where the wind takes me, and it's taken me here to Florida now. And uh, you know, uh, I I run a group called the Brotherhood Actual. I run my stream. And I just exist. <laughs> so you're so you're you're a survivor that just you know bends when the wind blows. Right? Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the best way to put it. That's uh, that's actually a really good way of putting it. I, I, yeah, I do a lot of surviving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's there is strength and uh, inspiration to be found from that, especially you know now when you know sometimes the hardest thing that people encounter is the fact that their movie theater is closed, you know, and they struggle <laughs> yeah. with that, and all the way from you know frontline workers and everything in between. So there's something to yeah. be said for surviving the you know, uh, so many of the things that you've said and some of which I can relate to that the listeners uh, have heard me speak of before. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I actually kind of want to dive into some of that because there's a lot of things that I don't know about you that we decided to save for the show to yeah, yeah. talk about. Um, so I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm very curious, but uh, let's kind of start, the way I like to do things is kind of start somewhat like in the deep end, just a little bit, maybe okay. some little, little bit soft and then get into the deep end and then come out a little, um, oh, I don't know, little, little heavier, and then go back to something light at the end. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like it's like a it's like a Oreo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or um, <laughs> an Oreo, or like a like a twelve course meal, but just really a lasagna. <laughs> a lasagna, yes. <laughs> there you are. Okay, um, so first, um, you go by. Uh, Ogrim Scar Iron Hands in all of your ventures, yes? Uh, yeah, I, I have for quite some time, yes. Where does that name come from and why do you still use it? Um, 
Well, uh, Augurmscar Iron Hands was the name of a dwarven character that I made in uh, World of Warcraft. The, I started that game really late in uh, expansion called uh, Warlords of Draenor, and um, I didn't start out playing him, but he's sort of the character that I got stuck with, kind of. <laughs> um, I've always been a dwarf enthusiast. I'm a big fan of the dwarven race uh, in, in fantasy. And uh, so when I started playing one, uh, I, I took to it really well. People really liked the character. We did a lot of stuff in uh, World of Warcraft. And ever since then, I have been Og, or Augrumscar, or Augrumscar, Iron Hands, Uncle Augie to some. <laughs> or Sage Og, when I first met you. <laughs> oh, yeah, because <laughs> I, I was the, I was the, uh, the streamer knowledge person. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um you know, which was, which the information was quite invaluable. Uh, I've done an episode on it, uh, talking about that a little bit. Um, Yeah. So, uh, so uh, is there, um, so you use this handle for pretty much all of your ventures, like for Mm -hmm. the most part. Um, Why, what is it about Dwarven, like the the race itself and the, the existence of it? Like, is it something that you admire or is there a certain intrigue? Like, I mean, I know we're talking about a, a fantasy um, race, but at the same time, like, people take inspiration from all sorts of things. But what is it about this this identity that, that empowers you to keep using it? Uh, well, it's, I even have business cards. With, on the front, it says Ogrimscar Iron Hands. On the back, it says Eric. Um, so, uh, I, I've always, I've always really admired, uh, the Dwarven fantasy race simply because they always were very hardworking. They were hardy. Uh, they were survivors. They were, they, they were all about endurance and strength and honor more than anything. Um, there was, uh, I've just always been like, I, I, as a young lad, I was really into Tolkien. And I was, and everybody else was, you know, enamored with Galadriel or, you know, Legolas or something like that. And, you know, they're pretty and all that. And I just found a better solace in Gimli or Thor and Oakenshield. And even even before this movie came out where he's really, really hot. Um, <laughs> but I've always, I've always felt that dwarves more closely sort of feel like i feel where it's like we're gonna stand up we're gonna we're gonna wall ourselves we're gonna make walls we're gonna make weapons to defend ourselves to defend our homes and kingdoms and uh and we're gonna survive no matter what and sadly in a lot of fantasy they don't <laughs> they don't end up very good uh well off because of their greed or something like that but um standing up in the face of imminent destruction or imminent uh you know worry or problems is a big thing for me and so i just really felt like they were stoic enough to be something that i could aspire to and despite being six foot three i've been called a dwarf for quite some time because of the way i look at things i like to build i like to if i'm playing a game i like to build fortifications and stuff like that so gotcha uh, yeah Okay, so um, you know, I know it's kind of, it seems kind of weird that I'm kind of getting into this, but there's a reason for it. Uh, and yeah. um, so, so how how long ago did you pick up this moniker? I can't remember if you mentioned that how long ago it was. Oh, um, I have been running the Brotherhood Actual 
which uh, spawned from the Brotherhood of Valor, which was the uh, WoW Guild that still exists to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was six years ago. Okay. I believe six years ago. Um, before that, uh, I went uh, by uh, by Balal, um, which was my gamer tag at the time. Um, but it, it was just a name that I concocted because it sounded cool and energy. Gotcha. Really <laughs> okay, so um, so six years ago, so to speak, and then mm-hmm. uh, you started that, uh, and you're you're identifying as this now. Um, do you feel that? Because um, you mentioned a lot of things in the beginning about mm-hmm. like these struggles each had and you this these um, tribulations that you've that you've conquered or at least survived. Mm-hmm. Um, would you would you say that at any point? Um, I mean, it's going to sound like a silly question, but this fascination you have with this the the dwarven race of of fantasy, mm-hmm. like, do you find that you drew strength from that at all during any of these times of duress that you encountered? And is that why? If so, is that why this still means as much as it does to you six years after the fact that you? Oh yeah, made it? absolutely. I um, when I was in high school. Um, a very good friend of mine who is now a publisher in Canada. Uh, she drew a picture of me with my iconic red CD player uh, and my headphones, and uh, it was titled Mutant Dwarf. So even then, even before I had a, a dwarven name or you know kind of identified as this dwarven character, um, I was I, I felt very strongly about uh, sort of the toil and the work ethic that goes into being dwarven. Um, you know, uh, if you, when you're hammering out metal to make a sword, you don't do it halfway. You don't, uh, you don't take, you don't take a break until it's done. You don't uh, build a, a half a wall and expect it to work. So it, it always stuck really with me. Um, you know, I can't say that I've always lived up to the dwarven ideal or the inspiration of it because sometimes you know you're just human sometimes but i like to think that a lot of things that happened to me you know good bad or ugly uh, were influenced by the fact that i would say to myself you know i'm not going to let this crush me i'm going to stand my ground i'm going to plant my feet and i'm not going to move from this point this is my point you can't take it from me. And right. I think that that was very much like a dwarven ideal that I cling to very tightly. Gotcha. Uh, so so we fast forward a little bit, even though we're going to rewind again in a second. Yeah. You're back to, you're, you're a full-time streamer now, right? Live streamer on, yeah. on Twitch. Yep. Um, and uh, so how did you find yourself be like, like this is it. This is what I want to do. Like what what steps led you there and what, failures can you maybe think of that made you think even if they weren't failures per se but even successes that you're like yeah like that other stuff ain't for me or or these are things that made me think this is where i want to go yeah um i mean from a very young age i I liked entertaining people a big part of my life has always been helping other people i'm not very good at helping myself per se like uh, I'm, i'm 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 good at surviving myself but i'm not very good at thriving myself i'm better at helping other people thrive Mm -hmm. um and and so 
you know, I, I, I took jobs that allowed me to survive. I took a job in a grocery store. I took a job flipping burgers. I took a job um, cooking in an institution. Uh, I took a job working in the same institution. It was juvenile corrections. And I was working 16 hours a day, sleeping eight hours and getting back to work, you know, and... Um, and I started thinking to myself, you know, there's got to be something better. And, you know, something that my grandmother used to say a lot was, like, find something you love and do it. And then f- figure out a way to make money doing it. But do what you love and then figure out how to make money doing it. Sure. So, um, unfortunately, like I, I mentioned earlier, I had a, a, a rough marriage. Uh, nothing wrong with the other person. We were just really, in the end, not right for each other. But... The negative part of being dwarven in mindset is that you stubbornly hold on to things even if they're bad. Right. Um, so, um, you know, when I was trying to do stuff more in entertainment, uh, this, that, and the other, I, I had to deal with the realities that I have to support this other person and myself. So I kept getting, kept getting shunted aside. And it, it was it was taking a toll on me. Those 16 hour work days were physically killing me, but emotionally it was killing me too. Um, Mm. so, you know, we, uh, you know, me and my significant other at the time, um, came to Florida, um, because, you know, financial issues, my, my mother offered to help and stuff. And then at that, at that time I've, I've realized, you know, this marriage was not going to bring me anything I wanted. Uh, so I decided to end it. Uh, and thankfully, because of my wonderful family, I'm able to currently do something which doesn't pay me very greatly. I'm still in the stage of kind of, you know, trying to figure out like, you know, how to make the, how to make the money doing it. But the fact that I'm doing it and I'm loving it and this is my job is mind blowing. And if I can make money doing it, I would just, this, that's exactly what I've always wanted. I wanted to make money and, you know, make my living rather entertaining people and talking to people. And, you know, at times I sing to them, you know, I just, I I want to be that. And, you know, I never, I'm never going to go to Hollywood and be this big Hollywood person or something like that because I'm not that good. But um, but at least, but in this unique time, I could do this. I always I always I always wanted to do something like this, and I finally got the chance to do so, and it's really yeah it makes me makes me ecstatic. Well, you've to follow up on that, like what you mentioned, you like to entertain people. I can relate. Um, but what um, like what do you think, or what do you hope? Let's say, what do you hope that people who who tune in to watch you do? you know, the, the, you know, I know you have themed days that you do different things and, you know, mm-hmm. when people tune into one of these shows or all these shows, what do you hope that they, they take away when they, when, when you click the end button? I, well, I just really hope that they find a, a, a family kind of, you know, my, that's a big thing with the brotherhood actual that I built and stuff like that. It's always been about having a group that's inclusive, that's, you know, supportive of one another and, you know, Entertainment 
is amazing. You know, I, I like to show off new games and like get people really excited about the story building and art and like all the things that go into these amazing games that I play. It's some that aren't so amazing. Right. Uh, but uh but it's 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 really about like someone coming in and saying hey Og, what's up and me being able to say hey what's up you know how are you doing look at what we're doing together right now and right. uh so at the end of it all i really hope people take away from it like a sense of belonging and you know a sense of you know i'm going to come back tomorrow and we're going to keep talking we're going to keep you know learning and exploring these new things and meeting awesome people like yourself Adam. Uh, oh well thank you no problem. uh and you know people that i that i know that i've just started like doing stuff with chopsy queenie so many great people that i'm getting to know because of this sure um and that that you know that is something that that, that is um pretty unique to live streaming that i only just started to realize it is hard like live streaming is not like it takes some fortitude to really keep that energy. Like, I mean, I read, I read a study recently that said that like, like on a survey, they said that like being a YouTuber is like the biggest like career want for kids growing up right now and young adults, like that being a YouTube star or a TikTok star. And, um, you know, uh, and, and I tried the YouTube thing for many, many years and it, it, that too was also a struggle, but something I always took solace in on YouTube was that you can edit things out if they look like <laughs> crap or if they don't work, or if you said yeah. something stupid where, you know, on the live stream, you got people hanging out with you the whole time. It's interactive, which is wonderful. And I'm still getting used to making sure I look over at that while I do it, but yeah. Uh, I do love that, you know, whether you're watching or whether you're playing, I do love that interaction that you can have. I think that's something that you can certainly do on things like YouTube and TikTok, but it's like separate, like it's already after the product has been made. Um, you know, um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think building those relationships and, and having those conversations and having people being like, oh man, here's a person here that likes things I like, and they're talking to me about it. Like, I think that's really special. I think I think a good a big part of what you what you said right there was uh, you know all these kids growing up they want to be you know on TikTok they want to be on YouTube and stuff like that and a lot of them don't realize the the work that goes into it or the heartache or the turmoil that goes into it oh yeah it's like being I want to be an actor you know but or a I, model or a model yeah <laughs> like there's I so think, much energy and rejection that you face. But it's but you know I at the same at the same time one of the things that I I like to talk about sometimes in my stream and on other things um, is that I'm I'm more I'm just as impressed by people who are you know people who work corrections people who work road work people who do the I I love um, micro and dirty jobs I love oh, yeah. that show you know I love hearing about the people like um, Draco. A friend of mine named Draco. He lives on a farm in the middle of nowhere. He still comes and watches the stream and and you know hangs out. He drinks hard, but he's he's a farm boy. He's a farmer, and I think that's amazing. And it's so cool that I got to meet him mm-hmm. through my stream. I mean, that's that's another one of the big pluses for what I'm doing is I get to meet all these wonderful, awesome people. Not just in my chat, but people I get to like play games with and do stuff right. with it's just and it's nice because you don't i mean in, in a way like as long as you're keeping it up 
they come to you. You don't really have to go and find them. You know, like I know that, especially during a pandemic world, uh, it's hard to make friends sometimes, especially people don't really know how to do that. And I think somebody who streams like you do uh, and has a, like this following that's, that continues to build, I think it lets people have that, like you said, a sense of community, but also like, like a sense of like, I mean, sometimes I put on like a YouTube video and just set a place so I don't feel like I'm alone in my room. Yeah, And this is something that people sometimes might just put on a voice because they know that there's somebody there like live at the moment. Yeah, A lot of people, maybe they don't interact, but they're, but they keep it on because someone's there. Yeah. A lot of people will just like, if I'm doing a, if I'm doing a stream where I have music in the background, they'll just use it for music in the background and just, just know, like maybe I'll scream when I get shot or something and they'll be like, Oh, what, what happened? Oh, okay. You know, and that's, 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 that's still the same thing that's, that's hanging out, that's being part of the community. And it's, it's really, it's really, it's, it's just really humbling that people choose to do that. And it's, you know, one of the things that I just like, sometimes I'm just overawed at. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I think it's awesome. Uh, but we talked about a little bit, we mentioned during, during this segment that, um, you know, that there is some, can be some heartache that comes with it and there can be some struggle that comes with it. And, and trust me, I know, I know the struggle, um, maybe not quite so much that, that you do, uh, with like, you know, when you stream, sometimes you, even though no one's there, you have to stream as if someone is there, Yeah, you know, and that is very, very difficult and mentally challenging, even for an extrovert like me to keep up uh, mm-hmm. because I, because I know, um, I don't feel defeated, but I know, uh, and, um, you know, but I know that can take a, take quite the strain, strain on a person's, uh, mental health. So I kind of want to transition to, to something we talked about before yeah, about absolutely. what, what does mental health mean to you? Uh, and how would you describe like how you take care of yourself when, when you know that things might be getting a little worse, or maybe you're having a particularly bad day, whether it's with your work or anything related, or even just gear set up, all that stuff, green screen, you know, whatever, yeah. how do you handle um, it? Well, I mean, I just want to I want to give a little bit of um, uh, background on this is that I, I, I have ADHD and attentive. Uh, I'm bipolar type two. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to learn about something um, that's starting to take traction in the psychology world. It's um, rejection. I forget how rejection sensitivity dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like that. And, it, and one of the biggest problems that I have is that, yeah, you, you said it, you said it perfectly. Uh, sometimes when nope, not many people show up, I get depressed. It hurts. It's painful because I'm like, I'm here. Why, why, why aren't they coming? And, and it's not on them. That's on me. Uh, but if we're talking about like how, like we're talking about, let's take it bit by bit. What does mental health mean to me? My family uh, has a lot of mental health issues. Uh, or it has had uh, for the people who have passed. Um, and it's something that we've always carried with us. It's just something, you know, something we never talked about. We're very, we're very Nor'eastern. Nor'eastern people don't like to talk about the problems. You know, they're, they're not very friendly people in the Northeast. They're like, they're like, I'm going to stay in my house. You stay in your house. We're not, we're not going to be buddy, buddy. I'll ask for your leaf blower. And that's about it. Um, but, um, you know, it means a lot to me because so many people can't access medication or so many people can't access doctors who can tell them what's wrong and they just have to make ways to survive. 
coping mechanisms that they don't even realize they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I did that for years. I mean, you know, uh, my mother was in the military, so I got military health insurance and health care and stuff at the time when I was a young one. But even then, like mental disorders were still getting kind of figured out in 1980, 1990, you know, we're only now getting into like the depth of the mind. Um, and so like, I didn't get like the medication or I needed or the real therapy I needed like at the time, because it was still kind of experimental and stuff like that with, you know, kids having mental issues and stuff. Sure. Um, so I had to, I had to make, I had to figure things up. I, I had to figure things out myself. I had suicidal ideation. I attempted suicide a few times. You know, I I would get so angry that I would destroy furniture in my grandmother's house or something like that. I was just like, it was, I was I was I was a messed up kid. Not messed up, but you know, I was I was a angry ball of misery at the time. And so many people are like that as well. You know, people who don't even realize those things that they feel aren't quote unquote normal. You know. And yeah. so it's, it's, ama- it's, it's, it's one of those amazing things that like, I know, uh, again, so many people that I meet, they're like, yeah, no, I have that same issue too. And I'm like, holy crap, there are other people out there. Um, but you know, when you, when you're dealing with depression, especially bipolar depression or type, but bipolar type two is, I don't know. Do you know what type two is? I don't know. Maybe I should just explain can't, it real quick. Can't, can't say I do. So yeah, maybe, okay. maybe for people like me who don't know, go ahead. Uh, so bipolar, most people know what bipolar means. It means you have big, big manic episodes and you have real bad depressive episodes. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, like you, you see, uh, like those earthquake meters that go, the little hands going up and up and up, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Right. So type two doesn't have manic episodes. It has valleys only. Gotcha. So like anytime, yeah, it, but at any but the thing about it is, because I don't understand what manic energy feels like, if I have normal amounts of energy, I'm insanely manic. Mm. So if I if I feel like you feel on a day to day basis, that feels like I'm surging with serotonin or whatever that the chemical is for happiness like well well do um, you mean me or you in general because me i'm a little different <laughs> well I, I mean like like i would say i would say like uh like if we're talking about quote unquote normal i apologize right okay okay but um but yeah say, i don't wish my energy on anyone they'll go crazy <laughs> <laughs> but i mean like you know but but the thing about it is is that like for in reality that's not high energy in reality it's normal amounts of energy that i just don't know how to deal with Right. It just seems high because it's almost foreign. Exactly. It's very foreign. And uh, that's the problem that type two, uh, type two bipolar people have is that like people don't really realize that that manic that you're having right now, that's normal. That should be normal. Ah, but, um, I know that. It, yeah. And, and it's, and, and, you know, uh, it does get mixed up with depression a lot, you know, because it, it, it kind of just is, but there's a certain amount of that manic thing that makes it, Right on. But, um, you know, dealing with that, you know, especially in situations where like, you know, why does nobody like me? Which I, which I think about often, (laughs) um, you know, coming back to the point where you're like, okay, let me, let me think about the things that I do have, the things that I can control and things that I can change because, you know, I can't control how people feel about me. I can't control if people come to my show. I can't control, you know, if somebody responds to me on Discord or a text message, I can't control that. What I can't control is how 
I handle the feelings that I have right now. And I can either set it aside and let it fester, or I can say, okay, I know what this feeling is, but let me counteract it by saying, okay, I still have a good home over my head. I, I know I can handle the situation and we'll go back to love and solidarity. Right. I know I can survive. And that, that, that helps me a lot is knowing gotcha. that no matter what happens, I can, I can survive. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a pretty, pretty good, pretty, pretty good, uh, uh, space to jump back into, or at least to know that exists, you know, when, when, you know, sometimes like, sometimes I've found that I've only had bouts with like anxiety, like only a very few times to the point where there was actually like a panic. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just because my brain was trying to tell me something that I wasn't willing to listen to. Mm -hmm. But like one thing I learned, uh, whether it's anxiety or anything else is that, that I guess they use the term get in front of it where yeah. if you know what's coming, if you know that there is a trigger that's about to happen, you can start telling yourself where you're at and where you need to be. Mm -hmm. So like, or at least assuring yourself that you have a safety net somewhere. And that sounds kind of like what you, what you're doing there is sort of something I used to have to do is to get in front of it and be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to be okay. I can get through it. Like this isn't the worst thing I've faced. You know, I, I have a community. I have my brothers. I have my stream, you know, whatever it may be. I think that's pretty cool to I really like very strong mental uh, acuity, really, to be able to do that. Well, I mean, uh, uh, another thing, you know, uh, just to just to kind of like come back at that is that, you know, I have a voice in my head that constantly tells me I'm terrible. I'm an awful person. Mm -hmm. uh, everything I do is worthless. And you have to recognize what that voice is. And so many people think that's the, that's, that's the, what the reality is, you know, and it's taken me a really, really long time and a lot of work to be able to intellectually right. say, I know what that voice is. I know what that is. I can't get rid of it, but I can understand it a little better. And that's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, so having said that then, um, uh moving on to kind of, uh, I mean, a little bit, I want to say towards other, other methods like that, but mm -hmm. you know, something I've been a little bit curious about, I'm going to go out of order a little bit here with the questions okay. I sent yeah, you. No, absolutely. Uh, I don't remember what they are anyway. No, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I, uh, what uh, you, since we're still on the topic of mental health, what mm -hmm. are some causes? Like I always like to ask this with guests is what are some that you care about that you, that you would like to share, you know, that you would like to raise more awareness about or things that you want to fight harder for or that you think more people should know about, um, you know, or that you think that should just get more publicity to get the help that they need. Or maybe if you already know anything that's already in the works, you know, anything mm -hmm. like that, any social or mental health causes uh, that you know, that you, you know, I, you know, um, I, I sadly, I sadly, I'm not very good at keeping up with, uh, you know, charities or, you know, organizations that take care of people. Um, I usually just like champion causes that people bring to me uh, because, you know, they'll be like, oh, you know, I got I got partnered up with Extra Life, which, is, you know, you, you, you did that as well. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do this. Let's go. Um, or, you know, um, you know, uh, LGBTQ, um, uh, 
things. So. Right, right. I'm with you. Uh, it, yeah, the, like like someone will bring it up to me and it's like, oh, there's you know this this person who needs help who's you know part of the, the community, and I'll be like, yeah, let's, let's figure something out. Let's get them some help. Um, I I think one of the one of the major things that a lot of people don't understand really is just how just how easy it is in social situations to ostracize someone especially people as like i said i'm I'm starting to learn about this rejection sensitivity uh dysphoria uh which i I don't really i don't know i don't know a whole lot about it because i don't i haven't gotten into it but it's basically an overreaction to innocuous social situations so if someone says something offhanded you take it like hard like unnecessarily hard Mm -hmm. and it happens a lot to people with adhd it is very common to people with ADHD. They'll, they'll, someone will say, oh, yeah, any, like you'll make a joke and someone will go, eh, anyway. And then you take that tiny thing and it destroys like whatever it was you were doing like forever. You never want to go back to that party, that apartment, that you don't want to be around that person, even though you love that person. You don't want to be around them because you think they hate you and stuff like that. And it's so easy to do that. So one of the major things that I've noticed with mental health especially is that – you know, for someone who's not experiencing the mental health issue, I can understand it might get frustrating. It might get exhausting when someone seems like they're not getting better or they're not trying as hard as you might think they should. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize that for someone who's not experiencing it, it's hard to it's hard to not feel that way because you're like, man, why don't they just get over it or why don't they just like understand that that's not what i meant you know so the, so sometimes it's those simple things of having that extra bit of patience and uh, that i tried to like talk to people about like you know in my stream the other day someone mentioned that they they're not my not stream my discord i think um their 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 um uh, their father was getting on them about something and you know i was like well you know and they were so angry and I was like, well, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, you might be taking it a little hard. You might not, you know, he, he, maybe that's not what he's indicating. Maybe he's having his own issues and stuff. So having that moment of empathy for the person who might be giving you trouble or might be having, being in trouble, who doesn't seem like they're being, they're helping themselves. Having that extra little tiny bit of empathy to say, maybe they are trying. Maybe they just need a little bit more, you know, sometimes that's all it means. I feel like I'm rambling at this point. No, this is stuff. This is stuff that, you know, I mean, sometimes it's hard to put that kind of thing into words. But I mean, like yeah. there, there is a certain power and patience that I know that I personally have been humbled time and time again. Where just when you think you have it, just when you think that you're, you couldn't possibly be any more understanding of a human being, you couldn't possibly be more patience with someone mm-hmm. you encounter a, a difficult situation or a difficult um, challenge, and you're like. Ah man, boy, I wish I could just put a band-aid on this and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's, it's, it's it's and it's and it's and it's rough because a lot of people, especially people with depression, bipolar, stuff like that, will will look at those situations where someone's like, oh, God. You know, like that sigh. I, I I've heard that sigh so many times. Uh, but like that oh, okay, right. I guess we're dealing with you now. That is it, that feeds into that monster that is that voice I was talking about that's saying I'm bothering them. Right. My problem is 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 
is messing them up and ruining their lives with my issues. And that can feed into a very dark place. Oh yeah, for sure. I could, I mean, you know, even, even with the personality I have, I, I have felt that sometimes where sometimes I felt that I'm bothering people with my friendship, you mm-hmm. know, or I'm just like, you know, man, I'm in my attempts to want to be somebody that they can enjoy being around and, and to do all the things that I think a friend would do. Maybe yeah. it's having the adverse effect and they don't know. How am to, I too much? Right. Am I, that's my question all the time. Am I too much? Do people, do people actually like me or do they just let me talk? Cause I'm the loudest guy in the room. You know, <laughs> I feel that. I feel that a lot, man. I really do. Uh, just, you know, on a little bit on a different scale. Um, you mentioned, uh, LGBTQ plus earlier, and this is a question I've been dying to ask you since you mentioned it the other day. Um, yeah, I had to but, mention it, didn't I? Yeah, you asked for this in a way. <laughs> um, so I'm really, ex- I say excited, just, you know, I'm excited because of just the part of my heart that likes to get to know people is happy, yeah. but I don't know what this is going to be, so I apologize if it's a dark <laughs> concept. No, it's not. It's not. It's okay. What the question is, because you didn't actually ask a No, I haven't sure. asked. I'll I'll wait. You said you live in a quote weird LGBTQ plus space of being, and I don't know what you mean by that. And I'm curious (laughs) if you know what you mean by that. I I do know what I mean. Um, One of one of the one of the things about my my life is that um, my family was not very big about talking about delicate things. You know, uh, we were very Irish in our upbringing, uh, I would say, and that you don't talk about things that are not normal. Uh, so if you have any aberrant thoughts or behaviors, you keep your mouth shut. Right. Um, and, and, you know, my mother is super, uh, super, you know, open and stuff. But I didn't really know her a lot when I was young. She was in the military. She was working all the time. Uh, trying to you know provide a life for me and so I and I didn't have a father in my uh, life uh, he, he was not very big in my childhood um, so I didn't really have anybody to talk to or to you know teach me anything so I th- despite the fact <laughs> despite the fact that the internet has taught me way more than I ever need to know about anything um, I never really understood what I was or who I was and that's a, that's actually a big thing with my mental issues too. Is that I'm not entirely sure who I am. Most of the time, I mentioned it at the very beginning, but it's actually a really big part of my personality. Is I have no idea who I am. Gotcha. But um, but you know, I've been ex- exploring things, especially since I started doing the stream and stuff like that. I've been exploring, trying to like figure out who I am, what 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 the things in my life mean. And so the weird space is, is that I'm a um, male, white, very large bearded viking looking guy mm. and most people who look at me go yeah that guy he's just he's just a guy he's just a st- straight white guy right mm-hmm. and uh for the longest time in my life i would say yeah yeah that's right that's all i am and what i what i didn't realize is that you know i'm not you know i'm by uh to to put that on the table okay and uh, I'm also, uh, but, but that kind of takes away from it. And so I was trying, I was, I, it doesn't encompass what I, what I am. I don't think that word really encompasses what I am. Mm-hmm. So I actually had to ask my friend Moria, uh, who's on my stream sometimes. Um, 
I was like, let me tell you the things I like and don't like, and then you tell me what I am, because I don't know the words, because there's, you know, asexual, like, you know, pan, this, that, you know, there's so many yeah, words that I don't that I didn't understand them. I didn't know what they meant. You know, I don't, because I've never had a barometer for that. So I never even understood like, 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 okay. So I, I'm interested in, 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 uh, again, I told you I was going to hum and haw a lot on this because I'm not used to Fine. talking. Fine, man. Go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, I have some interesting guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, I have some interest in females. Uh, I, I've never had a problem with uh, being with anyone who might be transsexual or anything like that. So I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? Like, I have certain things I like and certain things I don't like. And like, what does it all mean? And so when I asked Moria, she basically said that uh, the closest thing that she could come up with is that I was pansexual, mm-hmm. uh, where I have to have an emotional connection with somebody to feel any physical um, love or attraction and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, demisexual, I think, is part of being a pansexual. Okay, cool. I, I'm, I'm, I still, I'm not still 100% sure on what different words mean. No, I, that's, I, that's okay. I mean, I actually, funny you mentioned that because I think pan means that you could be into everything. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, be having uh, an emotional connection to someone before you can be physically physical with them uh, is what's called demisexual. And I actually didn't realize that. I hmm. fit the bill. And so uh, I went on a first date with someone like six or seven months ago or something. And they told Mm -hmm. me that during a conversation, I was like, you know, I've heard the term, but never thought to associate it with myself before. Well, I think really how I, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. I started interrupting. No, no, but uh, I think the reason that uh, Moria eventually said it on pansexual is that that, um, I would want a connection, but I wouldn't need it. So I think that's the difference. Like, like I could have, I could have something that didn't mean anything, but I wouldn't be able to know the person. Like I couldn't be friends with somebody and have like an encounter with them. Right. It would have to be like a one night. See you later. Yeah, exactly. It would have to be that. And that's why she said that. But like, it's like I said, it's the weird space for me is that because, because I'm not, I wasn't even sure what I am or, you know, I'm still not even a hundred percent sure what I am. I just know what Mario said. I sound like, um i don't have a community i don't have anybody that that i I don't have a space that i inhabit um you know i don't you i don't i don't talk about this with many people this is the first time i'm openly talking about this with anybody like except for moria um so it's like um I, I don't know enough to be able to say, yeah, this, 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 this is what this is, you know? So I'm, I'm in this weird land of confusion where I don't really know what all the words mean. And I don't know who to talk to or who to turn to or people who might be like me, you know, or anything like that. So I'm, that's the weird space I'm in is because when you say LGBTQ plus, uh, that indicates a community. Sure. And I don't have that. I don't have that. Com- I have a community that I built, but it has that has LGBTQ plus in it. But it's not those communities. It's not the communities that grew up around those concepts, because I'm just I don't know enough to be part of those communities. Or, so. Well, in the in the in the in the famous words of Professor Hubert Farnsworth, <laughs> good news, everyone. There are you know, you don't have to, you know, I mean, I have just today have been diving very deep into 
subreddits and uh, uh, Twitter hashtags. Like you wouldn't believe trying to get some perspective. Uh, Zane in our community recently showed me this thing called tweet deck where I can like follow different hashtags and, and different columns and, and read through everybody's stories and what they've been through. And kind of just because I too, am trying to, I, I definitely don't identify with any, uh, any, I don't say any, but like, I'm a straight guy and I know that, but that yeah. but I'm very curious about people's journeys and, and kind of some things that I don't understand much like how you're experiencing this, but like on a little, on a different scale being yeah. somebody who, who was actually someone who would, who, who would fit into that community as somebody who identifies as that. Um, but like for me, I'm trying to understand and get more acquainted with the vernacular and kind of what's socially accepted and what people's stories have been so I can greatly better understand. Like for me, the biggest thing I'm trying to learn is like the journeys of people uh, who are um, agendered or, or, or non-binary as they call it, you know, and yeah. that's still a very new thing for me. Um, so I've been tr just diving in and trying to learn and uh, yeah. I think that's really powerful and I've been learning a lot. And I think that if you're looking for answers, the good news is, is there's a lot of people that are very excited to talk about it and to <laughs> like you said earlier, um, are excited I, to know that there's people like them. I feel, I feel uh, my, my issue is I feel so out of my depth to talk because it's the same. Um, I know I, I have a friend who's gender fluid. I have no idea what that meant. You know, I was like, I didn't know how to react. Right. Um, so it's like it's it's one of those things where uh, you know I I I can see the faux pas coming and I can sit there and I say well you know I I'm you know I identify as this but like what if I'm wrong or like what if I don't understand the words properly and then I say that I'm I'm this and then it turns out the Mac not actually you know that's the thing that kind of throws me off and like trying to become part of these communities is because it, sometimes. I mean, and it happens with everything. It feels so clickish, and I always feel like I'm on the outside looking in. I have that issue a lot. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are part of the furry community or stuff like that, and I'm like, I don't really understand how all this works. But, I mean, I like to be friends with you. I like to learn about this stuff, but I don't know how to be around them, and I don't know how to interact. And that, and that, that's, that's an awkward place to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Um, and you know, and I think, I think you'll find your comforts where, where you can. And the good news is, is that like, you've already, like you said, you know, and I both know, and collectively we each know the same people that there are some that just are a part of that community and, and will be, you know, I think they would be ecstatic to learn that you have, there's someone else who can share a similarity in a journey that they have also gone through, or maybe still are going through. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, I, it's, I think, I think there's a phrase that we use in a, in the States all the time that I think often has a bad rep, but I think in a way it's a good thing is it's the phrase misery loves company. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, I think it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing because like, I guess I used to take it as misery loves company. Like if I'm miserable, then I want you to be miserable too. But I yeah. think, I think it can also mean I'm miserable, but it's nice to know that I'm not alone in it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Um, I've been trying to really take that as, as, as more of a positive phrase as opposed to a negative one. And, uh, you know, I, I, I very much believe it. I don't even have to, it's not a belief. It's, it's a fact. I know that you are not alone in that. And that I think that you'll, that you can find solace, you know, uh, with, with those as you, as you figure these things out, because that's part of my curiosity with these kind of things is, 
you know, learning about people like you, your journey and like what you're going through. Like, this is something that I haven't really heard from anyone before, you know? So like, it's, this is educational for me so I can understand it and, and be even a better advocate, um, for things like this. Um, so, you know, it's pretty cool of you to even talk about it, man. Like, I think it's huge, especially on a podcast that's going to go live for people to hear, you know, I think that's massive. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm thankful we're not having the conversation live, so yeah. <laughs> that would be a little, uh, yeah. there'd be a lot more humming and hawing on that yeah, one. A lot more anxiety, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I would imagine there would. I, though I have mentioned in my stream before, like what I am, but it's often because. <laughs> let me tell. Uh, can I segue into a story? Of course, please. Okay. Um, oh goodness, uh, my computer's yelling at me. Um, so. So I don't know why it came up, but like my, my groups are very open to, you know, adult themes and stuff like that. And like, for whatever reason, everyone, because, because I don't talk about it because I'm uh, sometimes kind of uncomfortable talking about such things. I think a lot of people consider me to be like this old man who just, just doesn't, doesn't get it, you know, or whatever is like, he's like, like, just like this vanilla old guy. So... At one point, like, uh, our friend Laura asked Sebastian, uh, who's, who's, who lives in Georgia, he's a really great guy, but he's a little, um, uh, he's very, he's very, he has a very devout religious life. And for whatever reason, Laura asked him what his sexuality was. And I don't know why I asked, but I was like, hey, why, why wouldn't you ask that of me? And it became this huge meme of, hey, on, what's your sexuality? For literally six months. Oh, my gosh. And it, like, every every time anybody, anytime I felt awkward about anything, like, they would launch into it. And they, I'd be like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this conversation. It's like, hey, Og, what's your... <laughs> and then finally um i did a stream uh, i was playing eco and i decided that on the stream i would answer any question anybody asked me whether it was about myself or astrophysics if i knew the answer and stuff like that or i would just make up an answer i told them if i didn't know the answer and that was the first damn question <laughs> oh man so that was that was that was when I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start trying to own up to this a little bit um, so that I can like stop living in this weird place of, uh, I don't know, everybody just assumes what I am. Sure. You know, I think, uh, uh, I mean, from what, from what you've told me, I, th- I think that is a, that echoes a lot of things I've heard. And I think, you know, if, if, if it helps you to know that it definitely sounds like you're not alone in that feeling. And uh <laughs> You know, I'm actually kind of, I'm actually kind of jealous of you because, you know, I have so many things that I want to know that I feel like as somebody who doesn't reside in that world, it's hard, you know, again, again, because of my extroverted nature as well. I just typically just want to know people in general, but, you know, I'm really, I'm not part of that world. I'm still, I'm still just an outsider looking in, but I have so many friends who are like, you know, in the furry community or the LGBTQ plus community or, you know, trans or, you, yeah. know, or, you know, all that. I got so many uh, great friends with the Brotherhood and uh, cares a lot and, uh, you know, jabbles in his groups, you know, that are so diverse that I get to I get to explore myself in exploring what they are. Yeah, I think I think that's great, man. Um, I think that's really cool. And uh, I'm excited for you to 
keep figuring that stuff out and, 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 and kind of getting the answers that you're looking for, man. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really cool. Um, but let's, before we wrap up, let's, let's try to bring things up a little bit. Okay. Uh, not, not that that's not up. Cause I think that's huge by the way, but you know, let's, yeah. try, let's try to lighten the mood a little bit before we, okay. before we round down, you know, I, I, can, try. We, I can try. We'll do our best, you know? <laughs> um, so one of the things I like to ask people um, at the end of uh, towards the end of each episode is uh, whether, you know, based on where you're from or, or your background or any experiences you've had, I always like to ask if people have any 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 interesting phrases of hope or motivation or something funny that they want to share. Like, you know, sometimes when I had Adrian on the show, I asked him some German phrases. He gave me some funny ones and some motivation ones. That's how I learned Liebedein Lieben, um, you know, and I got some Kiwi slangs from Azul. And I was thinking like, you know, I thought it would be cool uh, because, you know, I know that you've you've already shared some interesting, um, you know, phrases and, and concepts from books you've read and quotes, you know, and 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 just like things from your experience and stuff that people request of you on your streams. I thought maybe you might like to share some of those with, you know, the uh, with the listeners, you know, some some stuff that they can learn that maybe they haven't heard before. Or maybe something that might give them some motivation. Well, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not much into hang in there, baby kitten posters. That's just uh, not where, not where I live. But, uh, you know, I read like things like The Art of War. I, I read the Hagakuro, which is the way, uh, the Book of the Bushido or the Book of the Samurai. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I love literature and I've, I've read so many books in the past. Uh, one of the things that really stuck with me about the Hagakuro is that, you know, it's talking about, the whole book is talking about how to be a samurai. And being a samurai means being ready to die, being ready for it, uh, looking forward to it almost. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the passages, uh, I, I won't be able to quote it exactly, but one of the passages basically says, uh, keep powdered rouge in your sleeve because you may need to leave a beautiful corpse. Uh. You, know, you, never, you never know, you never know when, uh, you know, it's going to happen. And, you know, I, I know we're talking about lightening the mood, and this might not sound like it is, but it's it's hilariously, to me, hilariously uh, poignant because, you know, so many people worry about the end. Uh, I know I have in the past. But whether you have a faith or a spirituality or a you know, just a, just a series of, uh, habits or laws for yourself, no matter what, everything you do is a journey. Everything you are is an adventure because you're the only one doing it. You're the only one that's existing in your, your skin. Uh, you're the only one that's going to experience what it's like at the end. You're the only one there at the beginning. And so I think, I think that's incredibly uplifting because it makes even the most mundane, quote unquote, of lives, um, amazing and adventurous. You know, I have experienced some negative stuff in my life. I've also experienced some crazy awesome things. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's how I look at those things that dictates how my life is. Um, I'm not, I'm not afraid. Uh, personally, of the end, uh, because I know it's just one more journey, it's one more experience, 
whether it's an ending experience or it's an experience that it, that it continues into something else. And I think there's a liberation in that. I think there's a liberation in saying to yourself, no matter what happens, the one thing I know is it's not going to be, it's not going to be nothing. It's going to be something. And even if it's bad, even if it's good, it's still something. And that's better than nothing. Sure. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know if that's what you were looking for, but I, I have one other thing. One of my favorite German words, uh, we were talking about the, the German language uh, a, a while ago. Um, my favorite German word, and there's no translation in English for, d- directly, is Zensucht. Um, I say it again. Zensucht. Zensucht. Yeah, Zensucht. Basically, uh, it means a yearning or wistful longing. And psychologists use the word to represent thoughts and feelings about all facets of your life that are imperfect or unfinished, paired Mm -hmm. with a yearning for uh, different experiences. It's basically... Ah, there's something out there, and I know it's there. I just have to go get it. You know that sort of feeling. Sure. I have this yearning, this craving, this desire for more. And I love that word because it, it, it there's no way to encapsulate that feeling in one word in English. But Germans encapsulated it in one word, sensucht. Uh, who knows if I'm even saying it right? I think I'm saying it right. I've said it. I've said it like that for a long time. They've also but, got Schadenfreude. <laughs> Schadenfreude. Yeah, I know that one too. Um, but like, but like, it's the, it's the same thing that I was talking about. With the, it kind of connects with what I was saying before. Is it's always this craving and yearning for something more, right? And that's what keeps us getting up in the morning because we're like, we wake up in the morning, we say something's going to happen today, and I want to be here to be ready for it, and I want to experience it. I yearn for it. I crave it. And even if I might want something different, I crave that different. And I might get it tomorrow. Yep. I might not, but I'll get something. Hey, it's, a, it's, 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 it's fuel for the fire that keeps that train moving, man. Um, exactly. It's awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was just as informative as, as I hoped it would be. Uh, you know, because this has been like cheese yeah. fest for me on my end. You know, that was that was certainly a thing that just happened. It sure is. And I'm sure there's so much more that I could learn from you that hopefully I'll get to, uh, and we'll, hopefully we'll do this again. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I would love to. I'd love to get some. I more. love attention. Hey, me too, man. That's why do you think I got my own show? <laughs> I only have four episodes where I'm not talking about myself. So. Hey. <laughs> Hey, I mean, if you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. Yeah, man. So listen, my favorite subject is me, unless I have someone else who really wants to share. Then I'm like, all right, back on right. you. How do, how do you feel about me? Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> you tell me how you feel about me. Why do we always go for the New York accent? I Why? No, man. <laughs> That's just one of the people that live in my brain that hey. play an RPG in a while. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, uh, before we wrap up, man, you want to tell yeah. everybody where they can find you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I I, uh, I I have some social media. I don't, I'm not very good at it because I'm an old man. And it's tough learning about the, the Twitters and the stuff like that. But right. if, you, if you look up Agram Scar, 
which I'm sure the name will be associated with the uh, link or whatever you have for your thing. Yeah, I'll throw it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Agrimscar uh, on Twitter. Agrimscar uh, in Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Agrimscar is the easiest way to get to my channel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure I have an Instagram. I don't know what I use it for, but I'm pretty sure I have one. Uh, again, just Agumscar. It's um, I'm a, I'm a real simple guy now. I've only got the 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 one stage name, as it were. Um, you know, I I don't think I have anything else. But um, you know, anytime anytime anybody comes into my Twitch channel, they can get access to my Twitter from there. They can get access to the my Discord. Um. The Brotherhood actual, uh, the Brotherhood of Valor for the World of Warcraft uh, is on a Wormrest Accord server, uh, and we're always hanging out there and doing something um, with all our friends. And uh, I think we have a website; it's just not really well done as Brotherhood of Valor. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me. I'm 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 always here, and I'm sure uh, once we get the Cares a Lot network, all that stuff up, we'll be I'll, I'll be on there too because I want to. I want to continue on with you guys. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, so you heard the, you heard the, the this fine individual, uh, Ogrim Scar. That's O G R I M S K A R. It will be in the show notes and any other websites that he shares. I will put them in there as well. Um, and uh, and of course, uh, if you want to kind of if you want to holla at me, get at me, slip into my DMs. I am <laughs> Adam underscore shares a lot on the Twitters. If you want to come say hi, also the same thing on the Facebooks. If you want to say hi to me on there. Oh, yeah. I have a Facebook too. I'm sorry. Oh, Facebook. Is it also Audrey <laughs> Um, uh, put in the show notes. We'll put it in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, we'll put yeah. it in the show notes because I can't remember if it's Audrey Scar or not. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, yeah. So if you want to get at us on there, uh, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, Aug is a really cool uh, person and has a lot of information and wisdom to share. Uh, I've really been getting to uh, know know him recently and. Uh, I'm really excited that we finally got this put together. Would have happened uh, sooner, but I'm a very disorganized human being. Uh, so, uh, so I appreciate your patience with me all again, everyone else. Uh, when I promise the interview. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. It's always been good. I hope that we'll get, uh, will you, would you come back and do another one sometime with me? Absolutely. Hell yeah, dog. Yeah. All right. Um, and for anyone out there listening, if you made it this far, as always, I appreciate the shit out of you. Uh, I really do. Um, I started this on January 1st of 2020, and we're almost through 2020. I've almost been doing this for a year now, and um, I'm really excited that you know I have dedicated people who come back and they listen and they 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 ask questions and they have requests and they talk to me on the Facebook sometimes. And uh, you know, I see you guys out there. I, I just found out recently that three percent of my audience is in New Zealand. Uh, even before I met Azul, it was at one percent of my audience was in New Zealand. So. Uh, hey, what's up, my Kiwi friends? Um, <laughs> so I really appreciate all of you making it as far. Uh, I know this is a long episode, but you know my interviews go long. You know I can't help it. I have to talk to people. I have to do yeah. this. Okay, so just deal with it. <laughs> I, I'm long-winded anyway. Let's go. Yeah. So, um, But uh, I hope that you're all being safe out there. Uh, you know, Just hang tight. I know things are tough right now. Uh, they've been tough for the whole year. Um, but you know, we got some good news coming with, with some maybe vaccines and everything. And it was still going to be a struggle, but, uh, hang tight. Uh, just try to be a little bit more patient. I know that's hard, but you guys are all doing great work. And I know a lot of you who listen, who are doing the quarantining and you're, you're staying vigilant and you're staying socially distant and just know that, that 
even if it, it goes uncelebrated, just know that you're doing good work and, and, and potentially saving people by doing that. So thank you for that. Um, and in the meantime, as always, uh, from the bottom of my heart to the top of my brain, uh, I hope that you are taking care of your heart, taking care of your mind, and most importantly, taking care of each other. And we will talk to you guys later. Be safe out there. Say bye, Og. Bye, Og. <laughs>